Remembrance Day is coming up on Friday, of course. We'll pay tribute to the 158 Canadian soldiers who died in Afghanistan and the many, many, many more who've died representing and fighting for this country. I was on, I attended ramp ceremonies in Afghanistan at the height of, you know, I think it was July of 2005, then 2006. I remember one where it was so hot on the tarmac at Kandahar Airfield. It must have been about 55 or 60 degrees on the airfield that the pipers couldn't pipe. You know, there was the, the coffin was there with the flag draped over it and it was beyond heavy. And the piper couldn't pipe. He couldn't pipe because it was like, I guess it was so hot. It was so, you know, it was so dry. I, I just he couldn't pipe. And he just sort of sat on his haunches and put his pipes down, his bagpipes down. And, and, and that was that. And it was just the weight of those ramp ceremonies there in Afghanistan that were so, you know, they were so, you'll never forget them, right? It was, they were so tragic and, and so and heart-wrenching at the time. So I always think about that whenever we talk about the 158 people who died serving our country in Afghanistan. Uh, and the last one of them, the last one to die was 28-year-old Master Corporal Byron Greff from Alberta, a husband, father, son, and as you'll find out, much, much more. He was in the capital, Kabul, helping to train Afghan National Army soldiers in October of 2011. So Canada had pretty much gone by that point, uh, exactly 11, 11 years ago now, when a suicide bomber drove a vehicle into the armored bus that he was on. 21 people were killed, including Greff and four other NATO soldiers. Again, he was a father to a newborn. He was expected home for Christmas that year before he was meant to wrap up and head home in early 2012. Now instead, his mom, Candy Greff, will lay the wreath at the National War Memorial on Remembrance Day on behalf of all mothers who lost children in service to Canada. I spoke to her about her son, the family's loss, and about being chosen by the Royal Canadian Legion as this year's Silver Cross mom. Candy Greff, thank you and welcome to the show. Thank you, Ben, for having me. This is always, uh, I guess, a bittersweet honour, isn't it? But an honour nonetheless. It certainly is a bittersweet honour. Um, I, I don't know how, how I can explain how honoured that I am, other than saying I'm so, so honoured to do this on behalf of all of the other Silver Cross mothers and families that uh, have had to go through the heartbreak that my husband and my Lindsay Byron's wife and children, siblings. That's why I say families, because there are so many people that are affected when a soldier is killed. Yeah, and and, and it's you know it's Afghanistan, the war there. I know we, I was talking to you about having been there myself. It feels like it, you know, the whole conflict is kind of in, a bit in the rearview mirror. But for so many families, for the 158 families, it, it, it will never be in the rearview mirror, will it? It will never be in the rearview mirror, not at all. It's it's forefront and at different times of the day, almost every day. And of course, when Remembrance Day gets closer and it starts when Byron's birthday is August 11th. So from a log August 11th until November 11th, it's sort of heavy on us. Yeah. And uh, yeah, just because we're remembering all of those things that happened before he left to go back after the birth of his daughter. Tell me a bit about Byron, because it's, it's such an interesting story um, about how he found his way into the into the military and to Afghanistan and, and just how it what it was about him that 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 felt that that was going to be his mission. 
I believe in grade nine, when he decided he wanted to join army cadets in Red Deer, we said, great, no problem. So I would drive him in every week and he enjoyed it. He didn't share much about what he did when he was there. When I asked him the question, what did you do tonight? Marched. That was his answer to me. And so then in grade 10 and grade 11, he didn't voice any interest in in joining the cadets again. But in grade 12, then he said, mom and dad, I'd like to join the military. And we were sort of surprised at that. We're not a military family. There aren't um, close relatives that are that have served in the past. Um, He has a cousin who is in at the base in Edmonton, but he, he never ever really said why he wanted to join, except that I think as a child and as an uh, adolescent, a teenager, he was a determined soul. He was dedicated to what he wanted to do and very, very determined to do the best job that he could at no matter what it was he was doing. You mentioned him uh, often determined and funny was sort of the way that that I've heard you describe him. And that's 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 a really great combination, isn't it? It really is. It really is. When when uh, you're having a good time with family after you've had a dinner together, he would tell jokes for hours. And yet if there was something that needed to be done, he jumped right in. No hesitation at all. And if you needed some help with something, it didn't matter what it was. He was your guy. When did you know or when did he know that he was first going to go to Afghanistan, because I, I believe it was 2007 that he was first deployed, if I'm not mistaken. And that was a time where we already, I mean, there, it, it was dangerous. And we, I remember back to then, you know, we were all Canadians became very aware of just how deadly that conflict, that war had become. What was your reaction as a parent when he was, uh, when he was about to be deployed? We were very, very scared for him to go. And at the same time, we trusted that the military, with their absolute wonderful training that they give to their soldiers, that that he was trained properly and would follow every order to the letter and that he would be safe and that he would do the job he needed to do and do it well. It must have been, I mean, he must have been worried. What, what did he say to you? Because I think some of the when I remember speaking to soldiers there, one of the hardest parts was they realized how worried their loved ones would be. They knew, and it was difficult for them to communicate that, to try to sort of, um, to try to reassure family back home that they were going to be okay because they didn't know. Absolutely. They wouldn't know. And with it being so deadly there, I think that when a Canadian military personnel signs on the dotted line, and he did in 2001, I think he knew that it could be dangerous. But at the same time, this is what he wanted to do. And he was determined that he was going to do that and do that job to the best of his ability. And he did. And when he graduated, he graduated from Quebec basic training in 2001 in the fall and he went to battle school in Wainwright, Alberta and in the spring of 2002 we went to his graduation in Wainwright and the commanding officer came up to us and said are you Graf's parents and we said yes 
And he said to us, do you realize he may be sent to Afghanistan? And at that moment, since 9-11 had already happened, your stomach sort of does a bit of a flip-flop and you're thinking, all right, all of your training has, has taken place. You're going to do a good job. And you, you almost hold your breath. And in 2007, when he was sent, it was very, very scary for, for him to go. But our trust in the training that he had helped us so much. When he went in 2011, it wasn't as dangerous. It's uh, still a dangerous place, but not as dangerous, I think, as 2007. You were confident that he was prepared for, for 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 whatever might happen, even though there were many things that would be completely out of his control, right? Yes, that's exactly right, Ben. Yeah. Yeah. Tell me about 2011, because he was a different, at this point, by 2011, he had become, his situation had changed, right? He was a dad. He was... Um, he had settled down. There were kids. Um, what was yeah. the what was it like when when he decided? I mean, I guess he was going back to train, right? I mean, I remember doing stories on this when Canadian soldiers were over there in Kabul training Afghan soldiers so that they could eventually, so we could leave. Canadian soldiers could come home and not have to go back, right? And that they would be trained uh, as well by soldiers who were trained well here. So they were teaching what they were taught here to the Afghan National Army. And yes, then then we could leave there and they could help their country stay safe. And yes, when he left in 2011, before just before he left, Lindsay and Byron got married. Keller was born in 2005. Right. And when he left in 2011, um, Lindsay was expecting Brielle and Brielle was born October 15th. So Byron was home to see the birth of her. And then he was going back. He was scheduled to come home at Christmas. So we were all very excited for that Christmas. And then his tour would have been finished in the spring. So when he left in 2011, I didn't feel as nervous about him going it felt a little bit more at ease because, hey, he'd been gone in 2007 and came back safe and sound. Mm-hmm. And that was dangerous in 2007, more dangerous, I think, than I think than 2011. Candy Graff is with us this half hour. She is this year's Silver Cross mom. Uh, she will be laying a wreath on Remembrance Day in Ottawa on behalf of all the families, as she says. It's not just about mothers. It's about uh, families who've lost people uh, serving Canada over the years, specifically the 158 who uh, served and died in Afghanistan. Uh, we were talking when we left about about that that day in 2011. I mean, as much as you can, I, I can't imagine just that phone call. I mean, I and I we, we saw so many, you know, we saw ramp ceremonies in Afghanistan, the devastation of it, um, and spoke to other families who'd lost loved ones. But just that day must have been um, indescribable. Absolutely. I have a a difficult time with what took place after Lindsay Byron's wife called to say that he had been killed. Because I think a person's memory and your your brain protects you. And, And so for me to recall what I even said to her following her telling me that Byron had been killed, I I, it, I haven't got any recollection. It's it's really strange that you don't have any memory of 
what I said, what I did. I think it's the shock. I think it's just the shock, Ben, of all of it. I remember seeing um, everything that happened afterwards. Did that bring the family comfort that there was so much, um, there was such an outpouring of support? Absolutely. It was, it was so heartwarming and I'm not sure I, I said thank you enough and I tried and I'm positive. I said thank you hundreds of times to anyone that was involved with, they were just so supportive. All of the military families, all of the families and the people that live here in our little city of Lacombe and virtually across the country. We grew up in Saskatchewan and, and there were, there were so many people that called and messaged and and offered their support and thanked us for for Byron's service and I thanked them for thanking us so there was a lot of thank yous going around but I felt like it was important to show them how appreciative we were of all of their support because lots of people in the city of Lacombe didn't know who Byron was, but yet when we got back after his body was brought back to Trenton, we arrived to Lacombe in our vehicle after flying into Edmonton and there were yellow ribbons on trees, on lampposts, on people's front steps. It was heartwarming to, to see that. What will you be thinking when you lay that wreath this year? I mean, it's it's been a it's been a decade. It's been eleven years now. Um, what would you like? What will you, what will you be thinking when you lay that wreath? I'll be thinking that Byron is watching down from heaven, or or maybe both, standing maybe beside me, helping me. And I hope and pray he would be saying, "Good job, mom," because I want to make him proud. I want to do right by him and by the family, and by my husband, and by Lindsay, and by the kids. I want to do right by them and do a good job so that Byron is as proud of me and us as we are of him. Walk tall, he always said, or stand tall. Absolutely. Yes. Hold your head up high. And being a Silver Cross mother and parent and family, uh, it's heavy on a person's shoulders. But I think you stand up taller under the weight because you're so proud of that person that was lost and all of the other Silver Cross mothers and families, I want them to know that we are sort of bonded in an awful way, but we're bonded because of the loss, that heartbreaking loss. And I want them to know that I feel because the person physically is gone, but their love will remain with us forever. And for all Canadians watching this Remembrance Day, what would you like them to know? I would like them to know the pride that I feel for our son and the job that he did. It must be tough for his kids. Um, but I can imagine this year, at least they'll be able to sort of look on to what's happening as well and, and realize that it's not just the family that, that is, that is honoring him, but all of us. And, and it is so appreciated that people will, will reach out and will text and will email and will, will send, will say, thank you for your son's service. Thank you so much. And it means a lot. And I, I think most likely Lindsay will feel that too, because when she's anywhere that she is, people know who she is in small Morinville, north of Edmonton. And I'm sure she gets the appreciation that, that we get because he was just such a good guy and such a good soldier. And we miss him dearly. And, and she does, I'm sure as well. I know she does. 
I shouldn't say I'm sure. I know she does. Well, Candy Greff, um, we'll be thinking of you on the 11th. And thank you so much. Thank you, Ben. That was wonderful to speak with you.